This is FM 100.5, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. We interrupt this program to bring you the following message. What if everything you've been told about money was a lie? It's time for the truth. Welcome to Financial Coaching Radio, where cookie-cutter financial advice just doesn't cut it. With your host, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. He's giving it to you straight and pulling back the curtains on the financial advice industry. No hidden agenda and no one-size-fits-all baby steps. Only unbiased, objective help for your entire financial life. Tackling your money questions at 893-1450. And now, here's the host of Financial Coaching Radio, commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. What is up? We're going to show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out Jason Qualls, CFP.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. If you want to jump in, questions, comments, even your disagreements, click email the show or any of the social media links at financialcoachingradio.com. So it's not over, but it is over. Kind of, right? We're talking about the election. So what are you thinking? You're thinking uh, you're happy with... Well, no one's happy. We don't have a president, a president-elect. Are you happy with what you think is going to happen? Well, the market didn't really seem to care. Uh, I think the market, in my view, um, is indifferent. I think they're saying, hey, we thought Biden was going to win all along. And looks like we're going to be right, so let's get back to making some money here on Wall Street. The market was up right after the debacle, if you want to call it that, as far as being able to decide who won the presidency in this election. Or the market was just thinking, you know, Biden wins, Trump wins. We're getting back to business. We're tired of worrying about it. Companies are getting over the corona stuff, and a lot of the major corporations that drive the major indices still making money. And... I Look, this is counterintuitive to what the news is telling you, right? The news wants us to believe that if Trump wins everything, depending on what news network you you watch, but listen to me and try to keep an open mind. This is my view on on the news media. They want you to believe, if you're a Trump supporter, that if Biden wins, all hell is going to break loose. Everything's going to go socialist. Everything's going to be over. The country's going to change. You know, there's going to be changes, of course. But, folks, it's just not going to be as bad as the media wants us to believe. They're trying to scare you so you will get all riled up, stay on social media, stay watching their news networks, or go get watch the other networks and get ticked off. Same thing if you're a Biden supporter. You're watching whatever networks you feel are more left-leaning. They're trying to tell you, well, if Biden doesn't win, everything's going to be so terrible. It's just not, people. It's not. It's not going to be terrible. I hate to break it to you. It's going to be about like it was. You know, there's going to be some some social issues that may change politically. There's going to be some economic policies that will change as far as who gets what tax cuts. That Things have always been there. 
no matter who has been in the White House. But I, no, I, we may look back in four years and look back at this show, and I may be just dead wrong. We'll have, you know, obviously if Trump stays in, then um, obviously we know what to expect. We've had four years of that. If Biden wins, I may just be dead wrong. I may wake up four years later and go, man, look at all the changes that we have been through. Oh, my gosh. I really think we're going to see about the status quo. Basically, every president does about the same, especially as it relates to the economy. Markets are up. Markets are down under all presidents. And that's what we care about on Financial Coaching Radio is how well our financial planning is doing. If I haven't told you in a while, let me tell you today. Do you really know a whole lot about your advisor? Do you know who they work for? Well, sure, they work for a big financial institution or they work for a bank. That's not good. Not good at all. You want your advisor to be independent. Why do you want them to be independent? Because if they're working for someone else, be it whatever financial organization, if that's who they report to, they don't really report to you. And that's what you want. You want someone only working for you, a true independent advisor. Who is paying your financial advisor? Are they earning commissions? Are they earning referral fees, kickbacks, bonuses, trips, all this stuff by producing more as basically a financial salesperson? Not good for you. Make sure your advisor is fee only and a certified financial planner. Go to Jason Qualls, CFP.com for more. Folks, it's 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 vital. It's it's crucial. You want you want the top notch financial advice. You're not going to get it from an advisor who is not independent. You're not going to get it from an advisor who is not fee only. Fee only is not fee based. You're like, oh, I got a fee based advisor. Not good. You want fee only. Ask them. Are you independent? You can probably tell, and you don't have to ask that question in the majority of cases. But you can certainly ask them, how are you compensated? Are you fee only? Are you fee only all of the time? If they're not, run far, far away. Now, let's talk about an article from MSN Money. 23 reasons you will always be broke. They say poor. I'll just say broke. Paraphrase. I like broke better. 23 reasons you will always be poor. Number one on the list you put happiness before... Uh, that's not number one. What is number one? Number one is... Let's see. You're stuck in a debt trap. Well, how do you get out of a debt trap? Well, you stop running up debt. A debt to me that's bad debt, is a, that's a trap, is consumer debt. I can make a strong case that having mortgage debt with a decent interest rate, okay. I can make a strong case... For some people, that carrying a car note at a decent interest rate is okay. I'm not condoning either. Um, there's good times, good debt and bad debt. But certainly having consumer debt, private loans, credit cards, that's the debt trap you want to get out of. You want to be have you want to be successful in your finances. Stop ignoring your debts. Maybe you feel powerless. Maybe that's a reason that you feel broke. Well, you got to get some unbiased knowledge. Getting act is what I was just telling you, right? This is coming directly from the MSN article. Get accurate, unbiased knowledge and advice. 
if you have the right type of advisor, independent fee-only CFP on your team, you're going to feel more powerful. What else is on the list? Reasons that will always be broke. You haven't learned about personal finance. Well, you can make it. There's some th certain basics you got to know. But it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You don't need to know every single thing there is to know about stock investing and bond trading and options and taxes and estate planning. There's just some basic things that it's helpful that you know. But if you have the right person on your team, they can be teaching you those things. If you only pay with credit, obviously that goes back to the very first one that you're drowning in a debt trap. If you only pay with credit, you're probably always going to be broke this is a big one that probably is should have been number one because this is really the the major issue that leads to a lot of the problems you put today's happiness before future needs so if you're like hey i want this now i'm going to get it now i don't care if i got to go into debt it's going to lead you into consumer debt it's going to lead you to overspend and you're going to be broke MSN article talking about reasons, 23 of them, why you'll be broke. You lack an emergency fund. You got to have some cash on the sidelines. You got to have some cash in case something bad happens unexpectedly. House repairs, car repairs, medical issues. You don't need to be dipping into, or you don't need to be going into debt to pay for those things. And you don't want to be dipping into your investments and retirement savings to pay for those things. That's why you need an emergency fund. The amount it varies three months of living expenses is probably a low end on the high end maybe even 12 months of living expenses it all depends on your unique situation now if you have a question about what is the amount of the emergency fund that's right for you send me an email i'll help you out another reason you'll always be broke you're not making savings a priority why are you not making savings a priority because you put today's happiness ahead of future long-term financial goals that was one of the other reasons that's kind of the the, the the main problem that leads to a lot of other financial symptoms you don't course correct your finances what does that even mean well we'll skip that one i don't like that one so it's, it's a reason i guess is that a big reason you'll be broke obviously if something's not working you need to fix it if the current path of spending and budgeting and debt and investment management is not working for you, got to do something different. Maybe you're spending too much on housing. Maybe you don't have a budget. I haven't gotten one of these calls in a while, but typically, if someone were to reach out to me and go, you know, I'm really finding it hard to kind of meet all my obligations. I don't can't figure a way out of debt. I, I don't know where to start. I'd feel overwhelmed. 99% of the time, it's coming from a budget, uh, from a person, rather, excuse me, that does not have a budget. You need to track your expenses. I don't care if you stick to a budget or not. I do care, but it's not the, the main goal here. You have to know where your money is going. I would rather you track all of your expenses and know exactly where and how much money you are wasting then not because that is the power that way you don't call me up and go you know what i have no idea why i'm in this mess i have no idea why i have to keep borrowing on my credit card i have no idea why i feel like a rat in a wheel well 
if you were tracking your expenses, you would know exactly why. And if you really want to change after regularly tracking your expenses, you'll change. What about you have no degrees or training? Is that a reason that you can be broke? You don't have to have a financial planning degree or training to understand investing. You just don't. There's some basic principles that you need to adhere to. And if you don't adhere to those basic principles, now after you adhere to those basic principles, there's many avenues to take. You can take a more sophisticated uh, avenue. You can take a very simplistic avenue. But the basic financial principles of not remaining broke are basically the same for everyone. So those are things we've just covered in this little segment. So I think if you're looking for the best place to start initially, start with yourself. Start with tra writing down, here are all my debts, here are all my assets. Then start tracking your expenses on a daily and or weekly basis. And then search, do that soul search and go, do I really want to fix this mess? And if you do, reach out to an independent fee-only certified financial planner. All right, that's it for this segment. We're going to take a short break. I'll be back with you right after this short minute or two. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. Keep it locked in right here on WGNF. Financial Coaching Radio listeners, if you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to JasonQualsCFP.com or call 878-2134 today. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? 
tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Joining in now is Kevin Sizemore, CPA of Tothero Hill and Welch, here to talk taxes. If you want to ha- jump in with a tax question, click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. Many people during all of the lifestyle and economic changes that have went on since COVID-19, they're working remotely. And that could lead you to what does that impact or how does that impact your taxes, anything you'd be able to deduct for your, your employee or your for your working as an employee, or if you're a subcontractor or a independent business owner. One question would be if an employee if I am an employee and have been required to work from home due to coronavirus, can I deduct my work from home expenses? That, what has changed? Has the IRS changed any guidelines, Kevin, with the uh, home office deduction given everything that's happened no so simple answer why would they do anything yeah, that would be too so what what do you if you're working from home whether it's a, during a pandemic or not how is that what do you get to deduct not much anymore so used to before uh the trump tax cuts back in 17 there were uh employee uh expenses that could be used as itemized deductions the uh those went away with those what they call the trump tax cuts uh so they're they're not they're no longer there there's nowhere to put them on a form so technically no you cannot deduct it other than some very specific industries like a a service uh worker or a statutory employee or something like that there are no uh, deductions available for employees where they're paying their own expenses. What about the unreimbursed employee expenses? Is that something? They, yeah, that's the same thing. So they're not deductible. So mileage or anything like that is not deductible. If if an employer, I think well, I looked this up for someone way before the pandemic. They were saying, hey, I have to work from home quite often. I'm an employee. Can I take the home office expense deduction on my taxes? And after doing a little bit of research, uh, I found that if you have an office to go to, uh, then you're not going to be able to, allowed to do that in most cases. It, does that change? Because people have an office, but they're not allowed to come in. Has that impacted this home office deduction at all? No. The IRS has not given any new regulations out of that. So it has to be, right? It has to be something they're well, going to alter. So there's, maybe not yet, but maybe with the new t- that the, the, the year ends. So there, there are things like, uh, so your employer may provide you the cost of your internet uh, because you're required. If you're working from home, obviously you're going to have internet, so you can log into whatever you know software they're using, or log into their their cloud documents or something. Uh, and normally the larger employees are going to be pretty in tune to what they need to do and they'll need to have uh, what they call an accountable plan. Uh, and so if you have that and you're getting reimbursed those expenses, then that reimbursement is not taxable. So does that make sense? 
It's not income to the, the person not, receiving it. That's right. So they may, like the internet, they may get a certain amount of stipend every month for the internet. That is not, should not be taxable. Are employers taking those steps, larger employers, middle-sized employers, providing, expen- or I guess, extra compensation for those being forced to work at home? I think some of them are. Uh, and, you know, when everyone started doing this, it was, you know, so fast and it was, you know, everyone was everywhere. And, and so I think now they're getting around to saying, hey, these employees are having expenses at their house. And the employers are now starting to reimburse over time. If an employee, if, if, if you can't deduct work from home expenses as an employee, is there anything a person can do to offset some of the out-of-pocket expense, expenses? And this would lead to really not much. So is it a good idea to be better, get better while you're working from home, tracking expenses just in case tax rules change? What should people be keeping up with yeah. while they're working from home in case they need to go back and, and or are able to allow to deduct some well, things. Well, if they, the IRS comes back and, and changes rules, uh, which who knows what's going to happen here uh, with the tax law, but they should keep up with their utilities, any repairs they're doing to their house, uh, the, the Internet, uh, if they've had to buy equipment, uh, a desk, chair anything for a home office and then be sure to set aside space that is used and you primarily have, you, that's where i was going to go next like, you, you can't use your kitchen table no no because that's used for something else it has to be a, basically a room it has to be a room or a space i think it's defined as a space or an area that has to be used uh just for uh working how tedious would it how would they be on that they can come and look <laughs> Could you imagine? I've never had a client where it's happened, but I've I've heard of it where the IRS has gone to the house and looked. But you could say that you worked anywhere, right? Yeah, you could say that. But you better have, if they ever want to come. So what is a dedicated space for getting, uh, being eligible for the home office expense deduction? Is it, it can't be a bedroom, I would assume. Well, it could be a bedroom, but if it was set up for home office, you're good to go. So can it be like the master bedroom, the bedroom where they would sleep in? Uh, you carve out a corner. You could carve out a corner, but then you would have to measure that corner. <laughs> and so what you do, what what you normally... So let's go back for a minute. So why, do, why would one need to measure the size of yeah, a corner or a room? What's the purpose yeah, of that? Yeah, that's where I was going. So you would take that, that square footage divided by the square footage of the whole house, and that would give you a percentage of the house that's used for... Office, home Then you take your utilities and other home expenses. You take that percentage of that amount, and that gives you your deductible amount. Right. Your mortgage interest, your real estate taxes, your insurance. So Uh, if you're using 15% of your home as a home office, then you take 15% of the housing cost. That's right. Absolutely. (laughs) So back to the space. So so don't have just a pure home office. You're using a, a room that you use as something else, whether it be... Uh, I guess a pantry or a closet or a corner in your bedroom, a bathroom. Is there any room that will not work if it's truly dedicated to your no, office? No, I don't guess so. I guess you could work <laughs> in the garage or work on the porch. I, you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you can say this is used uh, solely for purpose of business, 
then then it could be a home office. So why can't it be the kitchen? Because if you're working at the kitchen table, <laughs> you eat at the kitchen table. But if I'm working at... So well, what is the difference there? If I'm in my bedroom and I have just a, 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 a folding table and a chair. Well, it's a, and that's what you use that for all the time. Is what if I put that folding table and chair in my kitchen? I guess you would use that folding table. <laughs> <laughs> that four by four space it gets real it, tedious you know and and some people use it some small business owners have home office use as well uh and uh so when can a small business owner with a brick and mortar building business where they have an office when can they take the home office okay deduction? so if if because obviously there's a lot of self-employed people that are working more from home these days because of covid right so the it's a little gray, but if you're provided, if you're, say, you're a small business or you're a 1099 contract, like a, for a real estate agent, for example, real estate agents that are provided a desk, and usually they pay for that desk space inside of the, the real estate agent's office, uh, the broker's office, then uh, they're not allowed to take the home office because they have a space des- designated for that area. So... A lot of people, you know, they get frustrated. Well, I use my office. I'm, I use my home office. Well, if you have a space in an office building that's used for that particular business. So is the same uh, uh, rules applicable to the small business owner? Yes. Absolutely. If they have an office here on the square, but they're working more from home. They could go down to the square, but they're just choosing not to. That's right. So the IRS has to change that. It seems that it would be common sense to go, maybe not for the small business owner, but for those who, those subcontractors or employees, employees that are being forced yeah. to work from home they could now get the home office yeah I, I, i'm surprised that wasn't in the it seems the, like that would have been in one of those stimulus things because they put a lot of other random crap in there but that's part of it right they never put anything that actually applies to a lot of real life real world rules but yeah that's the government for you what's the latest on the new round of stimulus if it is it going to be very similar to the the old the last two rounds or is this something new i haven't followed it uh, at all right now i mean it's tabled right now until after this election stuff goes on and uh so who knows what's going to happen with that and, and i would say you you're and i'm just looking into the crystal ball here i don't think you will see a stimulus again this year I think you're waiting until 21, if they do, in fact, do anything. If you have a tax question, hit us up online. Click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. If you want to reach Kevin off of the air, thwcpa.com is their website. Also, phone number local right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 848-1072. Kevin Sizemore and myself will be back right after this. Keep it locked in right here on WGN. Are you worried because a spouse or family member needs long-term nursing home care? Estate planning attorney John Baker can help. Protect your assets so you can leave something behind for your family. Call 896-5621. That's 896-5621. Or go to bakercouncil.com. 
Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Welcome back to the one show, giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Wall, certified financial planner. Not here to sell you books or live event tickets. I'll leave that to the other show. Kevin Sizemore, CPA, is here to talk taxes. Real quickly, came across an article that really confused me. Tax Act blog. What the self-employed tax deferral means. What is it referring to? What, what is that referring to? The CARES Act and self-employment taxes. The CARES Act aimed to mitigate some of the difficulties faced by the working class. And there are workers are accustomed to setting aside money themselves to pay their quarterly taxes as opposed to people whose employers withhold taxes. This makes a temporary tax deferral a favorable option. Uh, if you're allowed to defer, IRS, uh, to, according to the IRS, self-employed individuals may defer the payment of 50% of Social Security tax imposed under Section 1401A of the IRS Code on net earnings from self-employment income for the period of March 27, 2020 to the end of the year. Okay, what that's having to do with, so... Back, you can defer payroll taxes? Yeah, so you can defer payroll taxes. Uh, and so, some employers have chose to do I think some government agencies have chose to so do So it's that. not just for self-employed? It's not just for self-employed. So anyone who has employees, and if you're a business owner, you have yourself as an employee. Right. You can defer sending in Social Security taxes. Right, so if you wanted to go through the... The calculation of why? Seeing what why, your why was that? That's what I, that we just talked about. That, why is that in there? I don't know. And I think they thought more people would do it. But what happens is, uh, so Trump, President Trump was saying, you know, we're going to do this deferral, and if I get reelected, I'll make it. Uh, I always understood it that they weren't withholding. Employees weren't having to pay in payroll taxes. That's right. But the, yeah, and that's why on the self-employed, it's just so half the, of the. So they would still be uh, subject. Oh, with So if you're a regular employee, you're not having payroll taxes withheld right now. Right. But employers are still sending in their half. Right. And so, when and so if you're self-employed, you still got to send in the employer half. That's right. Oh, okay. Now I'm with you. And so that is due. The deferral period goes through December 31st. So you would have to pay that starting in January. Well, so... But most self-employed people, thinking of just a one or two person business... Right. They're paying quarterly estimates, right? Right. Which so would if be you federal go, and payroll. If you wanted to go through the headache to see how much of that quarterly estimate was, in fact, payroll taxes or self-employed tax, then I guess you could. But, you know, why go through that exercise when you're going to have to pay it later anyway? And it may cause more problems to you. Yeah, it seems like a lot. I'd just rather get it all. Either just not do it at all and just wait to the end of the year or yes. just... Pay it then. Pay what I owe at that quarter. That's right. Don't that 
doing all that is just gets it all complicated. So a self-employed person who's deferring half of their self-employed tax, which is in essence payroll taxes, Social Security and That's Medicare right. taxes. So at the end of the deferral period, what is you just owe a lump sum then? No, I think you have like a, a – uh, I think the employees – the for employees, the employer will start withholding more those way that, oh gosh yeah they'll they'll start withholding what they didn't withhold during that time period which is going to tick start, a lot of people off and make it more stressful right. should have just kept sending mm, yeah mm, so this is the stuff the government does it just so their pay the employee's paycheck went up because the deduction wasn't there and now in january it will go down now how many of those employees put that money back to ensure that they still had the same yeah, cash? i'm with you just don't even mess with it let me mess with. But there are other major tax issues that business owners deal with. Kevin, what's the best way for those people to reach out to you? By phone, 848-1072. Tother Helen Welch, been in business over five decades in Middle Tennessee, have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Reach them online at thwcpa.com. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Stay with us. We're back right after this. So is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. How much are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Would you like your business to be more efficient? Well-organized financial records are the foundation of any successful business. Taking it